I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two, two films, films, Two Curious. Two Curious, where the two of us watch two movies. And we're also curious about them. Except we didn't do that this time. As you may suspect, this is a special feature. And before we get into all of that business, I did want to say I apologize for the fact that this month, the month of June, not getting a lot of not getting a lot of content from us. One half of two films, two curious. Not going to mention Bill's name. Starting a new job recently. He's feeling the pressures. But I wanted you to know, we're not dead. Podcast isn't dead. Mm-mm. We're very much as alive as we were before. Livelier, potentially, for those of us that are working a full 40. Well, 38.75 now. But still, that's that's the... That's the real folk blues for those of you who are wondering. We are going to have a full episode. Do what? One half of Doofum Securius was on the beach. That's true. Don't say who. <laughs> we we rarely say his full name on the thing. So, the other half drove a boat. That doesn't affect the way that we did the podcast. But I really I really liked it. I never driven a boat before. Never been on TV before. But the guy was like, hey, you did a really good job. And two other guys said so as well. And uh, like we all shook hands and high-fived and touched butts. It was great. That was a great experience. Anyways, thank you so much, everybody, for your patience for not having an episode this month. And uh, rest assured, you're getting one in July. We're going to have a very special mm-hmm. Two Films, Two Curious because it's a special Two Films, Three Curious, because it's Two Films, Two Curious, Four Friends in Love, where you will see with your ears both Bill <laughs> and T-Dog and Two Films, Three Curious alum Devin and Two Films, Three Curious alum Amanda. So look forward to that. Put that in your... Uh, date books. That's see, we, so we skipped one month of two curious. And now we're doing four curious. Four so curious. We really, we're we're even. We even now. At this rate, we're gonna be able to get that three films, two curious that that one yeah. half of us has been hoping for for a good long time. It's sitting that on the shelf. It's gonna be three films, three curious. Next thing you know, it's gonna be like eight films. <laughs> yeah. Listen, there's 21 Avengers movies, right? 24 Avengers movies. We've been doing them for this, but we'll just do a marathon in the last episode of the special feature for uh, What Do You Do, MCU? We'll just be all of the Avengers movies. We'll just watch them back-to-back, hashtag button style. We'll get that in. Full disclosure, do not support Harry Knowles. Bad guy. Maybe I shouldn't have said button Anyways, doesn't matter. Thank you to our patrons on Patreon, especially since we didn't give you a full episode this, this month. We appreciate uh, all you do financially for us, both Nick and Chris, uh, patrons for a good long while now, and Two Films for Curious alum Brenda, the sponsor of What Do You Do MCU, which the this month, segment. the very segment of this episode, this month is uh, Captain America Civil War, aka Captain America 3, aka Avengers 2 and a half, and because of that, we're going to be talking about civil movies. And war movies. Let's start with some law movies. Tyler, what's a law movie that you like? Mine is only technically an an, a correct answer to a law movie, which is the movie Dread. 
There are no wrong answers, and that's a very right answer. I, I didn't see it. Carl Urban. Yeah. Oh, he's great in it. I didn't see it when it came out. Um, and it was one of those, like, someone had brought it up on, like, one of the other uh, Friday movie question answers. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you have to watch this movie. And I'm like, that's a quick way to get me to not watch this movie. And then they brought it and handed it to me. And he's like, I want this back. And I'm like, shit. And then I watched it and I was like, okay, that was fucking great. Matt McCalka, you were right. This is an amazing movie. I'm sorry I doubted you. Here's your copy back. I'm going to have to buy me one. Haven't yet. But I really liked that movie. It's, I mean, I guess it, it's a weird, like, post-apocalyptic law movie. And that, like, it is? the law is carried out by very specific people. I never saw that. Is it Sylvester Stallone that's him in, like, the 80s one? Yeah, I've not seen that I, either. I never saw that one. I've seen the clip where he says, I am the law, and it's decidedly less cool than when Carl Urban says, I am the law. Almost like Agreed. Batman. Yeah, agree. <clears throat> and that's the thing, too. Like, I feel like, and this controversial statement, though this may be, I feel like there are a number of 80s movies that are that are timeless, that are iconic, that are the ones that, like, this is actually a great movie. Alien, Aliens, Terminator, Terminator 2, eh. uh sci-fi action movies like that and then i think there are some that maybe aren't great but they're an 80s action movie and so because they have that pedigree because they have that clout we just lump them in with everything else so judge dread from the 80s with sliced alone is obviously as good as terminator one when it's not yeah not to say that you can't like it. Obviously, people love that movie, and that's super great. But I don't know if I'm running out to see it anytime soon. Well, and, and that's what helps us have these cool reboots and remakes. Yeah. Like, of that is because the people that did really love that movie when it came out then, you know, grow up a little bit, and then they're in the ability to make these decisions, these financial decisions, to be like, let's make a new one. And then that's how we get the new ones. I like that, and I like... I like what you said about wanting, when asked what movie would you want to remake for when we did that question, that you said A Princess Bride, because you would love to see, you would love to see the movie be made by a person that was confident they could remake it and do something new with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, honestly, same. Because it, it never undoes the other one. I can yeah. always watch the other one and it'll always be great. Yeah. You know what didn't happen when Ben-Hur came out in 2014, 2015, 2016, whenever that was? Ben-Hur from the 1950s didn't die. (laughs) You can still get it. Walk into any movie trading company, walk into any Barnes & Noble, any place that has movies that aren't current movies, you're going to find it there. And when Dune finally comes out in 2028, we'll we'll still be able to watch the David Lynch one. Right. I will be giving water, but not to the dead. I'll be giving it to Doom. What, uh, what is your civil movie of choice? You know, I asked this question, and then when you were like, I don't know if I have any, and I rattled <laughs> off a whole bunch of law movies, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> I really like My Cousin Vinny. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that people talk about, like, that's a great courtroom movie, and we show it at law school. I really like the movie The Paper Chase. Do you remember when former resident of Bill and T-Dog, the home edition, Pedro, said, hey, you need to watch Whiplash, and then I watched Whiplash, and I finished it, and he was like, didn't that make you just want to run out and buy a drum kit? 
And I said, no, that movie made me so happy I'm not the top in my field in anything. <laughs> Funny enough, watching The Paper Chase, which is this movie about this guy that wants to do super great at law school, and he just ruins his fucking life, breaking his neck trying to do good at law school. And then at the end of it, he's like, he realizes... Like, I can just be okay at law school. And, like, he gets his grades, and instead of looking at him, he just chucks him into the ocean. It's this big triumphant moment, and it's so inspiring. And I saw that movie, and I'm like, man, I want to fucking go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've liked courtroom scenes in movies before, and it's not the first time that I've seen something and thought, man, I want to do that job. X-Files maybe want to join the FBI, which would have been a fucking joke. But, like, I in my new job, I have now heard from many people who got a law degree while working at this job and i thought i could i could do that i could get a law degree that would be fun that would be a blast so maybe the paper chase if we want to expand civil to also include newspapers all the president's men is really good all i like president's the men post is amazing i saw yeah. the post in theaters that was really good have you seen oh what's the one spotlight the kind of detective journalism mm Spotlight's really good. Uh, Bark Buffalo's in it. Um, and he, let me, it's oh, about. Zodiac, I like that one too. Zodiac's amazing. No, uh, but it's Bark Buffalo and I think Leif Schreiber. Uh, and it's about uh, the Catholic priests uh, raping young boys oh, scandal. Yeah. And how the newspaper blew that thing wide open. And it's fascinating it's so good because at the beginning like you're seeing well like nobody they're like like we know this happening he's like bullshit that didn't happen to me don't talk to me like leave my family alone and then by the end of it they're like we've got a phone line if you have if you if this has happened to you call us so that we can document it so that we can you know we as newspaper can do something about it and like the first day they get one call and then a second and then a tenth and then they're like it's a saturday and they're like who the fuck's gonna answer these phones like we need more phones this is crazy we're getting all these calls in because people are finally feeling empowered to do something mm -hmm. about this horrible miscarriage of justice it's a great movie i would watch that i was watching it when i was i was on this bent of just watching a whole bunch of movies about real shit that had happened and so it was like that and uh social network and What's the other Aaron Sorkin one? Molly's Game. So. Social Network's good. What's the one? Is it Steve Jobs or is it Jobs? That's the one that Aaron Sorkin did. I watched the one Aaron Sorkin did with uh, Seth Rogen. I don't know. There was a lot of uh, movies, though. Yeah. People out here just That's buying a shit job. ton of black turtlenecks. Steve's Job. All right. Let's just get into... Let's get into our next bit. <clears throat> What do you do? I'm sorry. What do you do, MCU? This week, or this month, as we said, is uh, Captain America Civil War. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen it a little bit, let me tell you a little bit about Captain America Civil War. So, 1991. Very good year. Almost as old as I am. Uh, Bucky Barnes gets sent out from Hydra to go do some shit. He's got Super Soldier Serum in him. And they're like, you need to go do the mission. Time jump. Present day. Uh... There, uh, the Avengers are trying to uh, get like this bio weapon that's being stolen. They're trying to stop the them from mm -hmm. stealing it. It's Captain America and Falcon and uh, Black Widow and Scarlet Witch, 
and they're just doing some shit. They're they're kicking ass and taking names, and then some bad happens, like a bomb goes off, and Scarlet Witch is trying to save Captain America, ends up killing a bunch of people, and they're like, "That's fucked up." And one of the some of the people that died were Wakandan humanitarian workers, and so the head of the king of Wakanda is like, "Not okay, you guys." Uh, I want to propose a law called the Sokovia Accords where people like you got to be under the control of the government. Yeah, because it's not the, the first UN. time. Bad right, it's not the happen. first time. Fucking Avengers. Sokovia. I mean, they blamed him for all the aliens coming in Avengers, but that doesn't that's not really fair. No. Uh, but and Sokovia, Sokovia is, Ultron that's definitely is ultimately somebody's fault. Tony's fault in a way. Right. I'm going to call it 70% Tony, 30% Bruce Banner because He's a bit yeah, of an enabler. I mean, he did help. It's it's mostly Tony, but if we're hucking out blame and percentages, it's not entirely Tony, but it's almost overwhelmingly. Anyways, then we're getting into the weeds. Tony Stark's like, I just talked to Alfred Woodard. Her kid died there. That's fucked up. We need to sign the Sokovia Accords. Captain America's like, hashtag don't tread on me. Hashtag uh, if we don't, or hashtag join or die. Hashtag if we don't. Stand together, we'll all hang separately. Pulling out all Hashtag of the come and shit. take it. Hashtag come and take it. Hashtag uh, starts the tribes triumphant. Fucking... He had just learned about hashtags, to be fair, so he was he going really crazy did. with them. <laughs> Loki, he was really about the hashtags. <laughs> anyways, Loki's not in this movie. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. While this is happening, some asshole tracks down. Uh, the guy who had uh, Bucky Barnes's uh, password book, and he's going to hack Bucky Barnes. Uh, and then there's the Sokovia Accords conference, and uh, King T'Chaka, who was the one that was like, Sokovia Accords, we got to do it, is there, and so is his son T'Challa. And then a bomb goes off and kills King T'Chaka. And uh, Sharon Carter... Uh, was like, hey, uh, Bucky Barnes, we found out where he is, Captain America, I'm sure you want to bring him in. This is your favor. We're doing this this way. And so Captain America and uh, Captain America goes to track down. Yeah, and Falcon is there, and they're trying to track him down. And then uh, War Machine shows up, and they get him. And War Machine arrests him. And then... And uh, a mysterious man in black... Vibranium oh, armor that's right. shows up. That's right. And then he he take him mask off, and it's and wouldn't Prince you T'Challa. know? It's T'Challa, and he's like, "I'm the Black Panther. You I'm killed my kill dad, Bucky Barnes. Prepare to yeah. die." <laughs> and uh, Bucky Barnes is like, "You seem or Captain America's like, you seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. <laughs> it's a whole thing." Anyways, 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 they go back to the thing, and they put Bucky Barnes in the jail. And then the guy that's supposed to come investigate him, wouldn't you know, it's that asshole who stole the book. And he's like, hey, Bucky Barnes, peep this. And he starts rattling off the password. And he's like, hey, don't hack my Facebook. And power goes out. And Bucky Barnes is under his control. And he's like, bust out of this piece. Go kill some assholes. And Bucky Barnes is like, I right, boss. And so he goes <laughs> to do it. And then Captain America and Falcon catch him again. And they're like, Bucky, don't do that. And he's like, okay, I won't do it. But you guys got to... You guys got to put me under because I don't want to do this. And they're like, all right, we're going to save you. And then who should show up but Iron Man? Or they're like, we need to get more people. So they get more people. They get Hawk, Hawk, Hawkman, Hawkeye, and uh, Black Widow, and they get Ant-Man. 
and they're all teaming up. <clears throat> and they're going to go to the airport. They don't necessarily get Black Widow yet. Oh, that's right. She shows up later. Captain America. I mean, uh, they they go to the airport. They're going to go take him home, and everybody else shows up. It's uh, Iron Man and War Machine and Vision and T'Challa. Spider-Man. And that's where Black Widow is. And would you know, Spider Man shows up. I got to tell you. I've watched it with subtitles, and still, like, 75% of the time, I hear him say, on the roof, and not under roofs, but that's fine. <laughs> Anyways, they're all kicking ass, taking names, they're fighting, they're doing this whole Civil War thing. Uh, that's when Black Widow's like, you know what, Steve? Captain America, I love you. And then they get away in the airplane, and War Machine almost dies. And then... Uh, they follow him to the, Ar- the, uh, the Arctic... Uh, and uh, Iron Man's there, and Chala's there, and they're gonna put Bucky Barnes back in the thing. And then they see on the TV that Bucky Barnes killed Iron Man's parents, and there's this big fight. And he's like, "Did you know?" And Captain America's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and so then they fight, and then, then they arrest all of the bad Avengers, put them in jail, and Iron Man's like, "That's bad." Then bad Avengers break out of jail. And that's the end credit scene. And they're like, yeah, it broke out. And Iron Man's like, he's still my friend. I ain't going to do that. And there you go. Bucky Barnes mm-hmm. goes to Wakanda. Yep, he goes He goes night-night. I think that's the whole thing. That's it. I got to say, that was like 70% my memory, 20% uh, the Wikipedia page, and the remaining 10% is just uh, concentrated power of will because I haven't eaten yet, and I'm hungry. So that's how I was able to remember that. Anyways, you got fun facts for uh, Captain America? I do have some fun facts. And I find that with the Marvel movies, the fun facts are like always really good compared to some movies I like feel like I can't find good ones. Page Master was the best of the shit ones so far. True. So T'Challa initially had a much smaller role in the earlier drafts and did not even appear in costume. Oh. As the writers intended to put most of the focus on of new character on Spider-Man and to save Black Panther's origin for his own movie. However, when it looked like they would not be getting permission to use Spider-Man because it was like a back-and-forth thing that yeah. they're going to get him, they're not. Uh, by the time they did get to use Spider-Man, T'Challa's role had already been totally beefed up and they just left it that way in the movie, which I think is good. I yeah, like having good. his origin story not be the origin of Black Panther. It's like where the right. origin of the idea of Black Panther, who, which is a mantle that's passed, and not the origin of T'Challa being Black Panther. Right. I like that we could tell a whole awesome Black Panther story without having to be like, this is T'Challa. Without even this seeing Wakanda, Wakanda at all. Right. Yeah. We, got, we got that from, we got parts of that in Civil War. Yeah, I'm on board. I thought it was great. He has the, the coolest 10. arc in the movie, too, because he doesn't let Zemo kill himself. Yeah. And he saves Zemo because he's like, we're not done with you yet. That's always cool. And uh, they weren't. No. He shows back he's up. he's in again. the thing. Yeah. Hashtag um, Falcon Winter Soldier. No CGI was used in the highway chase scene when Bucky commandeers a moving motorcycle. Oof. That was all practical effects. And it's so That's cool. Awesome. It looks... It's like, to me, one of the standout moments of the whole movie. Because he just, like, grabbed... Pushes the guy off the motorcycle with his robot arm, grabs it, flips it around so it's going the other way, and just takes off, like, so fast. You know what's uh, really surprising? Like, you know how sometimes you watch that scene and you're like, that has to be CG, but you know it's not? 
Same thing for when they knock over Ant Man. They just put him on a miniature of an airport and then just pushed him over. It's not CG. They got a really small person to play Peter Parker. They got a really small person <laughs> to play Iron Man, and they just pushed him over. Not nah, beautiful. That's a lie. <laughs> they didn't use CGI in any of the movie. Actually, it's pretty none crazy. of it. None of it. They had to build um, a whole prison out in the middle of the ocean. This this ne- this next one is why you and I, Bill, would be good friends with Tom Hiddleston. I'm already good friends with him. Tom I Hiddleston confessed that even him. though he does not appear in the film, it contained one of his favorite movies and the or moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the helicopter scene. He enthused. I mean, Chris Evans does a bicep curl with a helicopter. If you don't love that, we're not friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ugh. That's such a good, a good scene. scene. That's such, such a, a good, good scene. scene. Uh, here's the next. The this scene. one's like a little uh, hint. The words "homecoming" and "17" in Winter Soldier's Hydra Command hacking business is well, the title of the Spider-Man movie Homecoming and the year it came out, 2017. Oh, I thought it's because you're going to say he was 17 in it. That too. Is, was he 17 in it? Was he younger than that? I don't know. How old are kids? I don't um, know much about kids. Five and older, they like Star Wars, so I can talk to them. Younger than five, they leak. Not a fan. I don't know specifics uh, past that. This one will bring us back through a lot of different Marvel movies. At around two hours and five minutes towards the end of the movie, Bucky loses his cybernetic arm. He gets blasted off by uh, Iron Man's unibeam. Mm-hmm. This continues the MCU tradition of a character losing their left arm or hand that started in Phase 2 movies, which is an homage to the second Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. Other characters who lost an arm include uh, Aldrich Killian in Iron Man 3, Bucky in Winter Soldier, Nebula in Guardians, Claw in Age of Ultron, Phil Coulson in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Yellow, yellow Jacket in Ant-Man, which is a very brief one just because it's while he's like blah, blah, getting all squanched up. Um... This, therefore, also marks the second time that Bucky loses his left arm in the MCU. <laughs> second of many, I feel. Because they take it off. Don't they take it off of him in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Have you seen that yet? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't, but I know that, like, yeah, the... the they disable it. They use People a, from Wakanda, like, do the... Yeah. Just, like, tie Five point from Avatar. exploding heart technique. Yeah. And then it just, like, falls off. <laughs> Boom. I, I really feel like, like this movie. Oh, we're gonna say, go for it. Because, because of the the dynamic between Iron Man, Captain America, and Spider Man. Because Spider Man's role is very very muted in it. Mm-hmm. But I love that when Tony is recruiting Spider Man, which is a really good scene. Yeah. Basically, Spider Man's reasoning for helping Tony is in line with what Captain America thinks and not what Tony thinks. Yeah. And that, like, if Peter knew what was going on, he would probably would have, if he picked to be on the side, would pick to be on Captain America's side. Yeah. Because he says something like, if you can do something and you don't and bad things happen, that's because of you. And that's exactly what Captain America, why he doesn't like the Sokovia Accords, because if he says, if something's going south, I can't ignore it. Like. I'm going to go and I'm going to help the people. I don't care who tells me I can't or who tells me I should. 
I'm going to do what's right, which is the whole, you know, Captain America's whole thing of, you know, if if the whole world tells you to move, you say, no, you, or whatever. Like, if, if you know that you're right, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. So I like yeah. that. I really like that I, dynamic. Because in the comics, read... Spider-Man is on Iron Man's side, and then he's on Captain America's side. Yeah. I was going to say, you've read the comics, right? That's That's how it happens there, too, yeah? He switches, yeah. Because I've never read. I I feel like of the of the ones of the arcs that they take for the movies, that's very high on the list of ones I would like to read and really ought to read. Uh, but I haven't yet. So I feel like this is a question that we've asked a couple of times. I know it was one that we asked early on, and we're really deep in it now. And it's hard to come up with things about this movie that don't fit the MCU. Style or that so are you new, yeah. right? More so, I think, than any of the other ones so far. That once we've gotten solid, I don't think there's anything out of Civil War that doesn't fit the formula, that doesn't fit the language of the MCU. Even like, even Ant Man has its moments, and Guardians they're unique in their own ways. It's that, but I feel like really what makes Civil War not fit the MCU style is that it's more of an Avengers movie and less of a Captain America movie. Yeah. Like I think wow. when when you go through the the list of like screen times, like Captain America has the most screen time. Obviously, it's Captain America film, but then Tony's like twenty minutes behind him, maybe. Like it's it's an Avengers movie. Yeah, for <laughs> it sure. Really is. I I gotta say, of the three Captain America movies, this is my least favorite. I love this movie, but it's my least favorite Captain America hmm. movie, and it's probably one of my it's one of my lower watched ones. I think that because similar to why I think Age of Ultron is a lesser watched one, it's it feels like a prelude for things to come. And yeah. there are things that I'd much rather watch that happen later on. It's still a great movie and things that I love about it are obviously the introduction of Black Panther and of Spider Man and Scott Lang is in it and so I love that, but like, if I want to watch Black Panther, I'll watch Black Panther. If I want to watch Spider-Man, I'll watch Far From Home or Homecoming. If I want to watch Ant-Man, I'll watch Ant-Man or Ant-Man and Wasp. The things that I like in this movie, there's more of them better in other things. Yeah. I Yeah, comparing it to Age of Ultron in that way is, is I think, a, an apt description. Because it is. It's You are watching the event that will now be referenced in all future Marvel movies. And it's not... It's more the spectacle of that than being a good movie about like who Captain America is and what he stands for. It's really just a, you're watching a thing that will now inform all future movies. It's why Ant-Man starts off on parole in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's why <clears throat> the Avengers are, or the you know secret Avengers, as it were, Captain America and Black Widow and all his friends that he busts out at the end are nowhere to be seen in the beginning of Infinity War because they're hiding until they show up in like because they know they need to help. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's preluding and it's tying into future things like Black Panther yeah. movie and the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. Well, there we go. What makes this apart from I think the introduction of Spider-Man and Black Panther, or maybe that is it? What makes this one that people love more than Age of Ultron? Why is it that this one, that's still a prelude, is like ah oh, people love this? This is people's favorite Captain America movie. I just think because it has all the Avengers in it. It has more, I mean, it has more Avengers in it than Age of Ultron does. True. Because you have more characters at that at this point. 
I feel like it's the same reason fun. people love Infinity War and Endgame so much too. Is yeah. it's nice to see the culmination and all these people meet that. Like Ant Man gets out of the van, and he's like Captain America, and he's like so excited to meet him and shake he's his like, hand. And hey, stuff I, because, you too. I know you. <laughs> because the these characters haven't interacted, and seeing them interact yeah. like that is more interesting than because in Age of Ultron, there's when I mean, you get Hawkeye, not Hawkeye, uh, you get Quicksilver and like Scarlet Witch introduction, yeah. but no real culmination. Do you have anything else to say about uh, Captain America: Civil War? Where does this fit so. in your a uh, loose ranking? Do you is this a upper tier, mid tier, low tier? This is upper. This is upper tier one for me, and it's and it's certainly probably next to the first Avengers, my most watched MCU movie. I put, okay, I put this one on a lot of times as like background noise and stuff. Yeah. What's our next one? I don't recall now. Let's next see. one, I think we're still in phase two, aren't we? I believe so, right? Because phase th- phase two ends with I don't know. Let's see, Captain America: Civil War, Marvel Studios MCU. Let's see. I think that we're. Oh we're no, it's the, coming this is the first on... film of Phase Three. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yes. Phase yeah, because they're capped with Avengers, three. so it was Age of Ult- It was Age of Ultron oh, and then Ant Man. Right. They always have an extra one, and then it ends. Next one is Doctor Strange. Ooh, there we go. I'm excited about that because uh, although mm-hmm. it too has the same MCU language, I'm excited to see that's very different. Also, I think this might be the first phase where it's split into two box sets in England. Oh. Because there's too many movies. So, anyways. Yeah, there's lots uh, of So, <clears throat> next, actually, the next episode you guys are going to get, the first one in. In July will be Doctor Strange. Feel free to watch Doctor Strange and uh, hear us talk about it on Why Do You Do MCU? I feel like Doctor Strange is a little slept on. I think so too. I think it's a really great one, and I think that I think that people people need to give it a second chance. I think that this is I feel that way about this the way that you feel about Age of Ultron. I'm not saying that people don't like Doctor Strange, but I feel like people often they're not going to list it in, in their favorites, and I, I wouldn't want them to, except that I think it's a lot of fun, and I think that people don't give it enough credit. It's it's always, it's hard at this point, and not that we have like superhero burnout, but yeah, another origin story. Like I think maybe that yeah. informs people's. I mean, we'll talk about this on the episode, but I think that informs people's color. Maybe why they find it forgettable it. or not as interesting. For sure, that's why we don't need yet another fucking Batman origin story. Yeah. Full disclosure, very excited for the Robert Pattinson Batman, though. <laughs> Origin story or not, very excited for that. <clears throat> Anyways, let's talk about war movies. What's your favorite war movie? My favorite war movie is a more recent one. Uh, Amanda and I went and saw it in the theater, actually. We snuck in some uh, cans of wine. <laughs> and we drank those and we watched it. And it was... Very good. It was 1917. I it was really like that Yeah. Very sad movie. Um, but strangely also happy in a way. Yeah. Like it, 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 hopeful. It was a hopeful movie. Yeah, or hopeful. Inspiring. That's, yeah, that's the right. That's a good word for it. It was a very hopeful movie. And it had like every British actor ever. <laughs> and it was just, I, I really enjoyed it. It made me cry. It made me laugh. 
It had rats in it. It had rats it in it. It didn't do a good thing, but they had a rat in it. <laughs> yeah. I I remember watching this movie with two films are curious alum, Devin. We had had like a long day, but we had like this was on our list of things that we were gonna do that day. <clears throat> so we sat down on the couch and I put it on and it starts she's like, This is starting a little slow and I'm like, Yeah, but I think it's gonna pick up and she fell asleep and it ends and I'm crying. And she wakes up. She's like, I'm guessing I picked up that. And I'm like, yeah, it was really good. I really liked it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is my favorite war movie, but I was thinking about it when you said that 1917, a movie about World War One, is hopeful and uplifting. Uh, oh, shit. What's the name of the movie now? It's a Kubrick movie. It's about World War One. It's Bridge. on the shelf. Is it no, that's the, the World War II one. It's the, other, it's the one I want to pair with it. Kubrick... World War One. It's Paths of Glory. Paths of wow. Glory is a very unhopeful, very sad movie about World War One. That feels I feel more like appropriate for World War One. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the World War One vibe that, like, it's a war that nobody wanted to be in. Everybody just sort of fucking signed up for it. I feel like, and I don't know for certain because I've not, I've not seen many World War One movies, but I feel like if you watched a lot of World War One movies. From England, from like that was made in the twenties through the sixties, they're gonna look a lot like Vietnam War movies made in America mm-hmm. since the Vietnam War. Like I guess in I've seen Wings, 80s, yeah. which is just sort of a, a, I mean it's it's the first Oscar winner. It's a silent film about World War One, and it's got a different vibe. But I feel like just the the whole the juxtaposition of World War One and the the horribleness of the banality of that and the just the fact that in the Vietnam War many if not all American soldiers were not excited to be there that was not a thing that they had signed up to do they were drafted and it was just another horrible experience worse than war could be like obviously war is not great but things like World War One, like I get there's a difference between a war that we can look on afterwards and be like, you know what? At least it was fought for a good reason. A treaty is not a good reason to fight a war. Mm-mm. So Nazis also it's a great reason to fight a war. Great reason. I was going to say, speaking of Nazis, uh, the 6th of June happened this month. And as we know, 6th of June, 1944, allies are going to war. I guess we should probably say a World War II movie. Yeah. Uh, Normandy Bridge on the River, River Kwai. Great. Total state, state of, of anarchy. anarchy. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, great one. Uh, I read a really interesting essay from William Goldman that talked about how Saving Private Ryan is one of the worst movies he's ever seen. Whoa. And it certainly colored the way I watched that movie, but I still watched it again the other day. I like it. Uh a follow-up to a World War II movie that's not a war movie. I can't remember the name of it, but I watched it the other day, the other day, months ago, sometime last year, where Oscar Isaac uh, was living in the newly founded Israel and was part of the... Whatever the Israeli Special Forces is, I can't remember. Ziva is from it in NCIS. Anyways, he his job is to go hunt down Nazis in Argentina. And it was oh, him going cool. to like hunt down this Nazi. <laughs> it was so cool. And the movie is based on a true story. It was really, it was a really cool movie. That it was really awesome. interesting. So, 
I uh, can't remember the name of it. So, anyways, there you go. Look up Oscar Isaac. Look at his <laughs> look at his his filmography. Look That's how you can find movies. it, I guess. Yeah, I think that uh, part of the reason why 1917 is more optimistic than mm-hmm. the standard the War One movies because it's not about the war. That's true. It's about two dudes. And they have one mission, and that's the whole movie. Yeah. The one, their one quest. It's not, you know, ultimately the scale and the brutality and the horribleness of the world. Though you see that in their journey, yeah. it's that's not what the movie's about, really. I think yeah. that that's what helps color it as like optimistic, because you know, spoilers. They succeed, and ultimately succeed in their quest. They get the the you know the memo to the guy right before something really ho- even worse happens. They get the ring. They throw it into Mount Doom. Is 1917 as optimistic a World War One movie as Lord of the Rings is? I mean, I don't know. Lord of the Rings is like the optimistic movie to me. And also World War One. I. I would never tell him that. He'd get mad at me. Mm-hmm. What does he say? A fucking allegory? I hate it. <laughs> hate Al Gore. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I think that that, uh, we've, we've talked about war movies. We've talked about civil movies. We've talked about civil war. We didn't say a civil war movie. Gettysburg is good. So is glory. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many civil war movies I've seen. I've seen at least three, I think, because I've seen glory, which is about the first black battalion in the civil war. It was really great. Matthew Broderick is in it, and he's amazing. And so is Carrie Elwes, and so is Morgan Freeman, so is Denzel Washington. It's a great movie. I've also seen... Oh, this Hateful Eight showing up under this, so... <laughs> I guess that counts. Also a great movie. Although, also Captain America Civil War shows up under, quote, American mo- popular movies. movies about American Civil War. So maybe this is not the most accurate <laughs> Google search. <laughs> uh, Gettysburg is really good, but very long. And I've not seen Gods and Generals yet, but I would like to, and it's also apparently very long. There are some, as is the case often with war movies, if you watch Gettysburg and Gods and Generals, you need to understand that sometimes the glorification of war means you're going to glorify the South in the Civil War, and we ain't need to be out here doing that so much. However, they're both great movies. I like them a lot. Well, Gettysburg is, and I assume Gods and Generals is too. Uh, I feel like there's another one that I've seen. Oh, <laughs> Army of Frankensteins. Do not recommend that movie <laughs> unless you're hanging out with a bunch of friends and you're getting really drunk because that is a that is absolutely a good movie to just shit on. Uh, I've got two more good movies that show under American Civil War for you. Hmm. The Last Samurai. Okay. I mean, his history, his backstory is American Civil War. Right. Is this much a Civil and War it, movie? It's, a, it's a Japanese Civil War. Yeah. And... Another really good one, Wild Wild West. Which a wild, which a wild wild. <laughs> you know, honestly, having seen Wild Wild West and Army of Frankenstein's, if we if those are the two up for comparison, Wild Wild West is a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> that movie is good. That movie didn't win any awards. Oh man, that movie was amazing because Army of Frankenstein's was bad. <laughs> I own it. Frankenstein's Army, however, that's a great movie. That's another World War II movie I just Oh, read. that's the World War II one, huh? 
Yeah, it's a found footage film. Russians going to liberate a formerly Nazi-occupied city. Find Victor Frankenstein's descendant out here making Frankenstein's monsters and killing people. It's a really good movie. I really like that one. Frankenstein's Army, two thumbs up. Army of Frankensteins, no thumbs at all. Up or down. Just put put your thumbs in your pockets. Get Don't confuse them. No. Well, confuse them. Watch them both. <laughs> Army of Frankenstein's is good for a laugh, I guess. But Well, once we get to the anniversary of the Civil War ending, which I'm going to go ahead and admit I don't know when it is. <laughs> is it April? <laughs> Next yep. April. Next April. We'll pair well, those two movies Gettysburg together. Address is April, isn't it? I don't recall. All I, think I know it's is... April. Anyways. There we go. It's part of a password I know for a movie service. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> and he listens to this podcast now, too. So shout out to him. Anyways. Uh, next episode is another special feature. Doctor Strange. Episode after that. Two films, two curious. Four friends in love edition. Two films, four curious. We'll be watching Midsummer and Legally Blonde. And I think when you watch those movies, you will realize, yeah, there's a connection there. Until then, though, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, stay curious. Keep watching movies. And we love you. We love you.